Hey folks, how you doing? Here as we prep the course for our live episode here for episode number 206, looking at Golden Classic, folks, Avenging Force. Do you remember this one? This one, of course, starred Michael Dudikoff and, of course, directed by Sam Furstenberg. You might know them from, of course, American Ninja from back in the 80s. Great film and, of course, it's a fantastic action movie, which I think is a precursor to Van Damme and John Woo's Hard Target. Welcome, of course, to, of course, Quinlan's Cantina of the Gold Coast of Australia. I'm host of the Lethal Mullet, Adam O'Brien, that's right, the man with the mullet. And uh, this is pretty much going to be the second last, if not the last episode of the year here for 2022. It's been a big year. Definitely some great films and some big ones which just released, which we're going to talk about very, very soon. We will be talking uh, a little bit about a movie that James Cameron might just have put out, even though you and I know he should be putting out something on Blu-ray. And he should have done it years ago. Should have been done now. All right. Lights. Camera. Action. Now, where's the mullet? Where is he? Is he coming in by chopper? And now, live from Quinlan's Cantina in the Gold Coast of Australia, it's time again for your dose of action cinema history from the 80s, 90s, and beyond with the Lethal Mullet Podcast. Oh, get out of money, you go. It is about water as well, and a better film. I would say one that was done on a smidgen of the budget and still got some of the greatest visuals uh, ever put out there. Uh, of course, we're talking about The Abyss. But of course, he's just put out the Avatar Way of the Water, which is a huge, long movie. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about 2023, of course, and changes to this channel. And of course, moi, gun out there on, uh, of course, a different format which we'll talk about very, very soon. But, of course, that's all here on The Lethal Mullet, part, of course, of The Lethal Mullet Network, and, of course, FPN, which you can find us there too. So where can you find us, folks? Well, g'day, mate. How you going? Welcome to The Lethal Mullet Network, where you'll find all these amazing shows and more. Where you'll find The Lethal Mullet Podcast, a celebration of action cinema from the 80s, 90s, and beyond. You'll also find Making Treks, a Star Trek fan podcast, where I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Mark Newbold, into a deep dive of Star Trek. You'll also find Mulled and Kilt, a look at music, where I'm joined by my dear pal, Darth Elvis. And where you can also find the Mullet Guild, a look at the Dune universe. All here on, of course, lethalmulletnetwork.podbean.com or on your favourite podcatcher. You can find us there. You can also find all these shows a week later on, of course, the one, the only fandom podcast network, FPN, on fpnet.podbean.com. Don't forget to also follow us on socials. There's, of course, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the handle at the Lethal Mullet. We'll catch you out there and enjoy your action cinema. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has many a thing to say about deep thought 
and Deep Thought itself has many a thing to say about the guide. But who are going to give you a guide through the maelstrom and enormity of the guide itself? Hosted by two unexpected travellers, the Lethal Mullet, all the way from Quinlan's Cantina, in the Milky Way, and of course, Dan the Man from Birmingham. All on the other side of the water, they have hitched a ride and come to Ursa Minor. Tell you all about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which you can find whenever you find good podcasts. That's right, folks. Check out the brand new show, Deep Thought Life, Douglas Adams and everything, monthly on, of course, the Lethal Mullet Network at lethalmulletnetwork.podbean.com or on the socials at The Lethal Mullet. You can also check it out on YouTube very soon on the Spacebook Network, hosted by the one and the only co-host here, Dan, the man from Birmingham, Dan Hadley. All here. And don't panic, we'll be back. If you look down the bottom here, you'll see a little thing that says subscribe to the show. And, of course, legalmulletnetwork.podbean.com where you'll find this show and, of course, many others like it, like Making Tricks, Star Trek Fan Podcast with, of course, Mark Newbold. We've, of course, got the mullet and kilt with, of course, Greg Robertson from, of course, where? Scotland, lad. You're going to love it. That's right. Mullet and kilt looking at, of course, some great music. And uh, we've covered everything from Megadeth. No, we haven't, we haven't done Megadeth. We should. <laughs> we've done Iron Maiden. We've done also uh, Faith No More. Uh, yeah, we did some we did some great stuff, folks, and I do believe it was Prince was our first one too. Something different, but also we're going to be looking at Soundgarden next. Now, Soundgarden, one of my favourite bands, uh, as a muso, you know, I've been playing for you know since I was seven years old. I've been playing six string guitar and many other stringed instruments as well. I've got to say, but out of all my time, learning Soundgarden was always uh, you know the work that um, you know really tested not only the ability but tested the brain too. Injury is, yeah, it did, folks, because of the timing and, of course, the tunings that they used, and of course, just the way the Sonics worked from Kim Thale, of course, Ben Shepard, and of course, the one, the only, the man himself, Chris Cornell, the late great Chris Cornell, which sadly passed away a few years ago now, and uh, you know, sorely missed by all of us. You know, lead singer, of course, of Temple of the Dog, um, Soundgarden, and you know, his own material, plus, of course, Audio Slave. Let's not forget Audio Slave, folks. Great band and and one, as you know, if you follow my Facebook page, one that I regularly jam to and really enjoy the time of. I love it. Uh, so we're going to be looking at that. And, uh, of course, in, you know, in the wake of uh, where those guys have moved on to, Matt Cameron, obviously, with Pearl Jam now and, um, you know, still going great. I mean, he, he jammed also on uh, Temple of the Dog. Now, if you haven't listened to Temple of the Dog, why not? You should. Of course, uh, Temple of the Dog was one of those albums which was, you know, really – a great um, you know, start from where two bands came together, which was Mother Love Bone and, of course, uh, Soundgarden at the time. So you got Chris Cornell and Matt Cameron coming together and uh, with, of course, Jeff Ament, uh, with Stone Gossart, and, of course, they brought in a new guitarist with them at the time, Mike McCready. And on top of that, you have, of course, Eddie Vedder coming in. Uh, I do believe it was the same time that he actually met the guys in Pearl Jam and said, yeah, you know, I'd like to, you know, jam with you guys, you know, and did his thing. And he did. And, of course, we get that great, <laughs> that sound that we all know is Eddie Vedder out of all this too with uh, tracks like Hunger Strike and some of those um, great ways like Say Hello to Heaven. So we will talk about that and, of course, the influence that it had on all the grunge movement. I'm a grunge kid. I love it. And I'm sure some of you out there are too. We're going to be looking at that, of course, all uh, over the next couple of months. We've also got, of course, Deep Thought coming back. 
And, you know, the great thing about Deep Thought is that, you know, it is something that um, is very much on theme because 42 is the answer, folks. That's right, 42. (laughs) Oh, I wonder what's in this, folks. Ah, Coffee, of course. (laughs) The lifeblood of all of us, coffee, caffeine, you love it. It's awesome. And uh, i got to say, with Dan Hadley, of course, from Birmingham. That's right. We've got a lot of pals from Birmingham. Birmingham in the UK, give me a sandwich. Come on now, get me a chicken sandwich. We're over there in Birmingham. Come on now. Of course, one of the other, Dan Hadley is going to be joining us again for, of course, the podcast we do, Deep Thought. Of course, Douglas, Adams, Life and Everything, all in between. Uh, and it's always been a, a real rip snorter of a uh, podcast to do with him. And, of course, it's a great radio show, which we cover all the Douglas Adams uh, stuff. And, you know, I'm a com- uh, into comedy and I'm into all the stuff that Douglas Adams did. So was he. So we're going to get into that. And, of course, we have, of course, the new addition uh, to the uh, program, which, of course, is the Mullet Guild. That's right. We like mullets. We like Dune. And, of course, we like Scott Bowman. Scott Bowman from the United States of A. And, of course, of Waypodge. What a piece of junk of Star Wars podcast on, of course, the FPN, which we're about to chat about in a sec. But what's great about it is that Scott's an absolute Dune nut. And, of course, he's a huge spice addict. And being a D-U-N-E nut like we both are, we're going to be looking at the brand new TV show, which is coming out soon. And Mark Strong's in it, folks. Come on. Mark Strong, Sinestro himself, the man, is in this. And it is going to be fantastic. You're going to like it. I'm going to like it. It's going to be great. It is set a millennia before the first book of Dune. And, well, what, who better to be, of course, the creative control on this and get, uh, you know, the consultancy on this is, of course, the one, the other, Kevin J. Ennis, and, of course, Brian Herbert, who, of course, came up with um, that, that series of books in amongst the Dune books. It's fantastic. Can't wait to get into it. And, of course, Scotty's got something to say about that, and he will no doubt have uh, something fun to say about those. And definitely check out Waypodge um, on, of course, the Fandom Podcast Network. Now, you are listening to, of course, the Leader Mullet Network, which is part of a much larger one called the FPN, fpn.bobbean.com, where you'll find this show and many others like it as well. And on that uh, podcast uh, channel, that radio channel, you're going to find, of course, Bloody Kings, a Highlander podcast with, of course, my pal, Kevin, the Raider Nerd Reitzel. There you go, Kev. You you owe me some money now for saying it that way. (laughs) But, of course, we have Lee Fillings, this my Budo brother. That's right. The huge Norwegian smooth himself, Lee Fillings, this, which, you know, folks, you know, not only is into all this pop culture stuff that I'm into, you know, not only is he into the greatness of canon like this avenging force, but he's also somebody who has definitely had a martial arts journey much like my own. We've studied the same styles and, you know, sister styles in some ways too. He studied Taekwondo. I've studied, of course, Karate. He studied Aikido. I studied Aikido. Very similar styles of Aikido, may I say. We've both had a hand in Bujinkan, ninjutsu. We've also had some work in some weaponry styles and uh, some others too. Uh, and then we branch out. Obviously, I've done uh, some Kung Fu and some Capoeira, and he's done other stuff towards uh, some very, very, I think, formidable um, and real martial arts. You know, there's martial arts, the street itself, which is real art, but there's what he does, which is, you know, very practical and um, big hats off to um, Lee. And, of course, all of his work on film that he's doing now too, uh, his prop design stuff that I've seen him do too, uh, you know, whether it comes to 
even just the, the firearms or, or the, the firearm props they're using is just um, on another level. Uh, Lee is a very talented guy, and, uh, mate, we salute you, mate. You're doing a fantastic job over there too. Can't wait to have him back on, and we'll chat some more Star Wars soon on the channel with the man himself too. Uh, you know, he's obviously somebody that uh, is very passionate about that too. But, of course, they have the Highlander podcast on there. On there too, we've got Culture Clash with, of course, Kyle and Kevin chatting about, of course, the greatness of all pop culture. And we've got, it's got Couch Potato Theatre, the end zone, looking at American football. Hmm, football, hey? Football, you say, with helmets, shoulder pads, and you never chase the ball. Well, in rugby league, guess what we do? <laughs> we, we certainly don't wear all the shoulder pads. We certainly don't wear the helmets, but we do chase the ball because it is football, football. Yeah, lads. When you come out here to Australia, we'll show you what football is. <laughs> but regardless, folks, love their passion, love what they get into. Of course, we know Kev's huge Raiders fan, so if you're Raider listening out there today, huge salute to you guys and, of course, the Raiders, and let's hope they do uh, a fantastic job in 2023, just around the corner. And so we've got that. We've got also, of course, Type 40 and, of course, the Type 40 channel, which Dan Hadley runs, of course, from Birmingham. That's right, Birmingham. You ever heard of Birmingham? That's right. I have too, because <laughs> we also have Mark Newbold, of course, from, of course, the great Making Tracks, of course, um, podcast, which is, of course, part of Fanta Tracks, which this fella, which guy, this guy, may be a part of with the Fanta from down under. I just, I love how Jedi Schwa, of course, says from Techno Retro, they say, yeah, the Fanta from down under, but yes, something like that. <laughs> Where we chat some craziness, of course, of um, the great Star Wars and many more. Uh, but what's great about it too is we've uh, got Mark on my channel looking at, of course, making treks. See how it's a play on words of another podcast? It is what it is. But, of course, looking at Star Trek, which he's a huge nut of. That's right. Uh, that's all coming up in the new year. Now, what we're also going to be doing is moving to YouTube, folks. It's something that we're going to be uh, looking at. And one thing that I didn't even realize, oh, I'm not on, this channel is not on, and it will be very, very soon, which is, of course, Apple Podcasts, So, which will no doubt see it spread a little bit uh, wider and further. But, I mean, the main thing is that we're giving you, of course, the news about great action film, cinema, and much, much more. But we're going to be having some themed months uh, and to go into all of that too. So we're going to be looking at great 90s films one month. We're going to be looking at even 70s action cinema, something I haven't done here for a while. We may even have a coffee special. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> but, of course, we're also going to be looking at some great stuff with, of course, themed directed months as well, whether it's John Woo, one of my favourites. Uh, and probably the picks are going to be a little bit different. Hardball, definitely one of them. We're definitely going to be looking at Red Cliff. That is a fantastic film. Uh, it's definitely one of my favourites to chuck on if I'm at home on a Saturday night and I just want to chill, uh, especially the director's cut one, which is split into two. That's great. Far better than the uh, theatrical cut, uh, may I say. But it's great. So we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking at two, uh, some franchises as well. We'll look at Lethal Weapon, which we haven't done fully of. Uh, we've done a couple of the Diehards, but we're going to do the Diehards as a series and, and vice versa. We'll keep going down the line and looking at some of those too. We're also going to be spending some episodes looking at, of course, great action stars, Bruce Willis. Uh, we'll look at, of course, Arnold and Sly with the big three. But we're also going to be going into 
some of my favorites from now and some you know the u.s market in particular should really give a chance to getting some bigger roles scott adkins now folks scott adkins you know i'm a huge fan of this this um amazingly talented martial artist actor and uh, you know especially if you've seen avengement you know i love that film you know avengement's great it's got the british gangster stuff in there you know a british gangster does martial arts yeah has all that has the the gangster stuff in the pub you know with all the brothers and all that sort of and what i love about that whole part of it is that we get some of this greatness there you know it really is uh an amazing run for that too so for those that are joining us now live here of course we're here with episode number 206 can you believe it's been that many episodes on the Little Mullet, of course, Adam O'Brien here from Quinlan's Cantina, folks in the Gold Coast of Australia, and we are chatting in the pre-area, if you like, for, of course, we're run down to the episode here of this bad boy, of course, Sam Furstenberg's Avenging Force, uh, which has been released on Blu-rays, fantastic uh, new edition, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show today. Uh, stars, of course, the stars of the one and the only American ninja, Michael Dudikoff, the Dudikoff. Yeah, do the Dudikoff. It's awesome. Uh, and, of course, it's one of the better ones. I really enjoyed this one. It's um, it's different from the American Ninja films. The closest it is is to, like, Hard Target. Mm -hmm. Or even Southern Comfort to a certain extent, too. It's, it's got the same setting, kind of, which we'll talk about very, very soon. All right, so we've talked about theme months. That's coming. New guests we're going to be adding on the show. We're going to be chatting about some Australian stuff because you might have guessed I'm Australian, you know, uh, you know, might be part Taswegian, part Queenslander, part whatever. But I tell you what, full-blooded Aussie, folks. And what I'm going to be doing with that is talking about some of the action films from down here. We are going to be having, in January, the Mad Max month. Guaranteed that's what we're going to be kicking off with, folks. That's looking at Mad Max 1, 2, Thunderdome, and, of course, the greatest film from 2015. You know it. I know it. Fury Road. That's right. It killed it. Killed it. Six Oscar nominations six wins and yeah tom hardy Charlize theron what more do you need and of course i'm going to chat about my experiences meeting hugh keys burden of course goose that's right i met goose and i've got something to tell you folks why do you think in top gun maverick's co-pilot in this or co uh, the co-star was named goose why because of mad max Max Rokotansky's Offsider was, of course, called Goose. Don't you love it? It all goes back to Mad Max. And, of course, I might just have had a little bit of a family involvement in the second film, perhaps the third, but definitely the second, <laughs> which we'll talk about when we get to those. But you know it. I love it. I'm actually loving Thunderdome these days more than a lot of them. I mean, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome was a huge, huge film at the time. You know, we got Tina Turner, we got all this sort of stuff. The music is pretty epic. But what's interesting is there's no bad guy, there's no villain, there's none. All the characters are almost equal in this, which we'll talk about when we get to that one too. Um, now, we have covered these under the Couch Potato Theater about three years ago, maybe four years ago on the FPN. And they were pretty extensive podcasts with Kevin and Kyle. You can check those in our back catalog on fpn.podbean.com or drop us a line here at the podcast. We'll try and find those episodes because, I mean, it's good to listen to old episodes now and again. But you're going to get the full legal mullet take on those films and, of course, even the Chrome edition. That's right. Witness. We're going to get all through that too. And uh, I must say, meeting Hugh Keysburn at a Mad Max screening a couple of years ago, 
was one of my highlights of uh, being involved in pop culture, being involved in all this stuff. Hugh is was one of the most talented people uh, I've come across. He's very real. And you, uh, you know, out there today listening, you know how real I like to get with that sort of stuff. You know, I want to find out what makes, you know, um, these artists artists tick, you know, what, what they, you know, really put into each role. And in particular, Hugh, who's, you know, even Max himself, Mel Gibson and, um, you know, uh, the, all the, the co-stars were looking up to because he was a Shakespearean actor, you know, uh, top of the line, even back then when that film came out. And so, you know, there was experiences that they had that, you know, you know, again, they're, they're, the talent was there. And, of course, some of the films we're going to be talking about too from the Australian month that we do, probably in February or March next year, we'll be looking at some of the other movies that they're involved in. Of course, Salute of the Jugger, which we've uh, captured here before, chatted about some of the stuff I chatted about to Hugh was to do with that too, the late great Hugh Keysburn, who's sadly no longer with us. And, of course, the man from Hong Kong, which is a great movie. It has James Bond in it. Lazenby himself is a villain. And uh, I've got to say, interesting one to watch again on Blu-ray. It's a great cut of it. Um, and, of course, that one in particular has Samo Hung out there with, of course, Max Rokotansky's captain from uh, Mad Max and, of course, uh, Hugh Keysburn as well. Uh, it's a great film, great action, and a slice of Australian cinema from Ozploitation, which uh, really is out there too. All right, so that's the news for now. But we're going to check. A little bit about Avatar, the way of the water, and the excessive run times. Now, I'm going to need a bit of coffee for this one, folks. <laughs> What's the meaning of life? <laughs> oh, love it, love it. But Avatar, I got to see that uh, at a cinema by myself. Literally, no one there. They're probably all out Christmas shopping. I mean, because it's what you do there, don't you? You go Christmas shopping. But this is an interesting film. James Cameron has always been, you know, very interested in water. It's part of what he, uh, I think, is his lifeblood. You know, it's, it's certainly something that uh, he's covered in a number of films. Even in, in some of his more famous ones, um, you know, you see the element of water. Or even just blue. Blue is something that he likes. You know, it's part of his palette, if you like. Uh, one of the great parts of that is, of course, James Cameron having the ability to do films like Titanic, um, even Terminator had elements of water and blue hue through things, and particularly some of the street scenes in LA and Terminator. But also, if you look at Aliens, there's elements of water in that towards the end, where Newt is going down under some of the um, some of the laneways, and of course we see the xenomorphs coming out of water. Again, he loves that artistry of having water there too. Right down to, of course, The Abyss in the late '80s, uh, without a doubt, his best film. Here to tell you, folks, The Abyss is James Cameron's best film, and I like all of them. I really do. True Lies in particular. However, The Abyss, start to finish, is something that really needs to be re-examined for. It is particularly the director's cut, which is a fantastic cut. Getting to see Ed Harris and, of course, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Monstrantonio, <laughs> I remember now, uh, is, you know, a great, uh, love story as well. You know, we've got these two characters that are divorced, hate each other at the start, and that's this is the lifeblood of it. And as it goes through the uh, obviously the crisis that they're having with the um, the enemy in this, supposedly, and uh, and finding out just what is at the bottom of the ocean, this crevice, this this, this mystery that's going on, and that's what drives it. And of course, then we got um, Lieutenant Coffee played by, of course. Michael Bean in it with uh, whenever he has a mustache, he's the bad guy. Something in that with Michael Bean, isn't there? Big salute to Michael Bean, fantastic actor. 
Uh, what I love about it too is is a little bit like Thunderdome. There's no real villains. Interesting, and that's something that I think you know when we look at the the, the storytelling, in particular of that film, it is the marvel of the aliens in that um, that film. It's still a five star for me, folks. And you know what? We're going to cover that soon. The films of James Cameron sometimes uh, next year. But let's chat about Avatar: The Way of the Water without too much spoil. I'm just going to try and keep this fairly, fairly. Um, so, what I think the great thing about this is that it is a really, you know, natural progression, right? You know, we've we've got this set ten years later. It's kind of like the the wait that we've had for this this film, isn't it? <laughs> From two thousand and nine to now, it was a few more years than ten years, I guess. But what's great about it is it just feels like no time has gone. You know, the the ability to really put this out there, you know, in in the cinemas, particularly. I saw it in uh, a fairly small cinema in the Rang in uh, the Gold Coast here. Um, and what I loved about it was the visuals were more present in the 2D that I saw. I didn't see the 3D, so the 2D. They're more present visually than I've ever seen. I mean, it really it stands out uh, more like, you know, it's, I think, depth perception, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But it was pretty faultless. And for me, watching this thing, I'm like, I've never seen anything so clear on the screen like it was. And uh, so visually, amazing. CGI off the charts. But it, there's a point where it's, I think it begins to not be, you know, such a marvel. It's just part of the storytelling. And you get used to it. And, and to some degree, the first 20 to 30 minutes started to feel like a TV show. Mm, very expensive TV show, that, but it is what it is. So we have basically a continuation. The simple story is that uh, the Navi have basically brought the, the planet back from the brink from the first film when, of course, Stephen Lang's character Quaritch pretty much leveled things, of course. Uh, and then we've got 10 years later. Well, guess what? They're coming back. This time they're after a different resource, which I won't go into. That's too spoilery. And, of course, they're going to hunt Jake. Why? Because once they got back there, Jake's doing basically guerrilla raids, if you like, on the the um, human establishment there, which is a much bigger city, uh, and much uh, much I think um, in terms of what they're destroying and stuff like that, much faster production of things there too. Of course, with that, um, Stephen Lang's back. Of course, is Quaritch in Navi form. And, of course, uh, Wayne Fleet and the rest of the Marines are as well. So it makes things interesting. If you look back at what he says, you know, what about a Marine in, in a recombinant unit in a, in a Navi? Mixing those two together, that's a powerful combo. Well, you've got a whole squad of them now, folks, all with Quaritch there too. And, of course, Stephen Lang's just a wonder on screen. He's fantastic. Uh, in this, it's interesting to see that he's now using his memories because they basically the way it's done is that they download uh, the memories into the Navi itself, and he's not the same guy, but a clone, if you like. Anyway, that's enough spoils. <laughs> and it's literally a revenge film, folks. You know, this one we get to see Quaritch pretty much become an evil version of what we see Sam, of course, did in the first film. He does pretty much the same, but of course. We get make the uh, Amotakaya, which are, of course, a um, Navi tribe out on the opposite side of um, the planet in the water, and it, it looks absolutely gorgeous. This is on the reefs, and we get to see, of course, the whales and stuff like that too. Beautifully done. And, um, of course, we get to see a real, I believe, Days of Our Lives moment with 
uh, all these different um, teenagers and stuff like that uh, that are you know the kids of the big heroes. You don't get to see Natiri and Jake as much. Uh, I think in this, it's more about the kids. There's a whole hour where it's just about the kids and whales and the kids and whales. <laughs> Um, it is what it is, uh, folks. You know, it's uh, it, it, it is, but it pays off at the end where we get to see this massive, huge um, hunting season for, of course, uh, Lang and of course some of his team on a huge whaling vessel, and of course all the different subs and crabby sort of vehicles and stuff like that. Too, uh, obviously, more toys for them to sell at the shops for the kids, but um, it is uh, just straight up huge action setting too which i think is fantastic so you got to check that out um where does it sit on the of course the the big hallenbach scale read about 3.5 out of 5 it's good but i think you could have cut at least an hour out of it and it would still be the same movie <laughs> all right heading into the dojo folks here for of course lethal dojo current training and upcoming year so you out there that are listeners that are martial artists themselves, let us know what, what you're doing. You know, what is it that you're currently studying and, and enjoying about martial artistry? Are you, you know, learning a weapon style? Are you learning a um, grappling style, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, shoot fighting, whatever it is? Woo! There's a bit of, bit of fighting for you there. <laughs> but uh, any of these great things, you know, I want to know what are you guys, you know, enjoying about training? For me, of course, I'm doing a very, very, traditional style of karate i've done freestyle karate i've done shotokan in the past but this is a real hybrid of shotokan and gojuru karate and uh, i'm really enjoying getting into some of the kata that um i hadn't done of course in shotokan shotokan's got certain set of katas um we do some of them in their style but of course the gojuru big round sweeping style is what basically uh, i'm currently uh, really getting into and um getting closer to really um i think finding uh for me in particular a real love of that too along with kabuto uh, those that follow my of course facebook page know that i obviously train daily in weapons um of course some of my favorites are the sai sai has always been huge for me but also one of the great ones is of course uh the joe so jojutsu or jodo whatever you want to call it uh, you know i basically got a founding of that in uh, aikido years ago because we do the joe carters and how to disarm and, and work with the joe uh i guess a training partner but to actually really get into why that we the weapon itself is so you know integral and why it's um i think fantastic you know you've got to look back to miyamata masashi and of course when he had a battle against somebody with a Joe, and it's pretty much one of the only ones he lost. That's right, because the length of the Joe was longer than the katana. So there you go, something that uh, you can check out from history. So with that too, I'm looking at a style to um, do after I've completed my training and got my shodan, which is not too long away. That should be in the next uh, 12 months. I'm uh, going to be looking at mostly uh, what I want to do next. And so I really look into a few here and there, but uh, I've got my eyes on Kempo. I really like, um, I've always been a big fan of Kempo since I saw uh, some of those, you know, moves that Elvis Presley was doing from Ed Parker. That was pretty cool. But also Jeff Speakman. And, of course, his Kempo 5.0 looks the goods. And I like the fact that he's involved at a certain amount. And uh, it certainly looks good. You know, it's something that, for me, uh, I think is going to be a natural progression uh, when it comes to uh, getting it out there too. So that's where we are when it comes to that. 
All right, so we are now in the pub, folks, here. The Avenging Force, of course, Michael Dudikoff. Canon classic, folks, and it really is. I mean, Canon was huge uh, in the 1980s. I mean, you, you couldn't look at a, a video wall without finding a new release every week from Canon, you know, whether it was martial artists, um, movies, it was action movies, it was uh, sci-fi movies to a certain extent. Lots of horror movies too, you know. It was little bits of everything. And, uh, you know, if there was a genre out there, they did it, folks. They really did. And I think that's interesting to see that, you know, we've got, um, you know, some that stayed with them, like Michael Dudikoff, who started out as, of course, the American Ninja with the same director from uh, Revenge of the Ninja, who, of course, did, of course, that Ninja Thread domination and then worked into uh, the others as well, Sam Furstenberg. Uh, you know, great director, really, uh, I think, gave us, um, a big slice of 80s cinema with, of course, those films. And, of course, this one, Avenging Force, which is out on Blu-ray now, folks. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, it is out from MGM, and uh, this is a UK edition from 88 Films. comes in a nice little slipcase there too. Uh, it's got some great stuff. It's a limited edition slipcase, so if I take it off, you get pretty much the same thing on the uh, the cover, So you can, as you can see. Uh, now, the features are you get an introduction by Sam Furstenberg, audio commentary by Furstenberg and Dudikoff, and also an interview with Michael Dudikoff. Now, I've watched all those features, and they're fantastic. They're definitely worth checking out. And you get a real sense of, you know, what Dudikoff was going through at that time too, as well as the director. The director, they're very entertaining too. Now, with that too, you also get these great cards, uh, which, to be honest, I haven't had, even had a chance to look at yet, but you get trading card with it too, which basically got the rundown of Dudikoff back in his prime. God, I wish I had hair like that, folks. If I didn't have a mullet, I'd have that. Do I have one? <laughs> so, and it comes with a reversible cover, which I'll pull off the uh, the cover for. And this was from the old, if you can see that, folks. There you go. Beautiful. That was from the old VHS back in the day. Now, a little bit of a background on this one for me. I saw this on TV. And at the time, I must have been super young at the time because I remember my my father was recording on a VHS for us off TV and he said, oh, this is too much. No way, Adam, you don't watch this. There's blood. There's blood. And that guy just got killed. And, of course, they stopped. <laughs> a couple of years later, I got it out on VHS and, and I saw it then. And uh, it was a really bad copy of, uh, on VHS too. So with that, what I decided to do was, you know, really look at what can I um, get out there too. So what I was thinking of was really getting, uh, of course, uh, you, know, a, you know, where could I find a better copy? And, of course, it wasn't until now. <laughs> 2022, folks, that's right. And, of course, we found that, uh, of course, here in Australia via Amazon. <laughs> that's right. The UK seem to be just having these great and fantastic runs of getting the Blu-rays out there, and you just can't get them elsewhere. I don't know where you find them or where else. You know, it, it is nuts. Uh, but they are out there. <laughs> uh, with the fact that, um, of course, 88 Films doing this one, I mean, it really is uh, a, a real tribute to, um, you know, this great uh, action star in his franchise too. Now, this is set in pretty much what you find John Woo does and, of course, Hard Target. Uh, it is the Bayou. It's a bit like Southern Comfort too, folks. You know, it's, it's that Cajun sort of feel and, of course, Part of that is the action itself just lends itself to the the planet itself of the the plane, you know, rising out from under it, if you like. You know, it is a really action 
heavy area. So it's an 86 action film uh, directed by Furstenberg and it was written by James Booth. So you might remember James Booth who co-starred in the film. And, of course, James Booth uh, had been in a number of the Canon films and, of course, um, an actor as well. And basically this was meant to be um, a sequel to Invasion USA with Chuck Norris, which is, as you know, one of his best, if not the best. We know that Kevin Reitzel thinks that it is the best film that Chuck Norris ever did. So maybe he's right. Who knows? <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, this is a bit of a, um, a cold film, although it didn't get much of a, a warm reception by critics and stuff like that too. And it really does hold up. It, it is, if anything, a little bit Bond-like, um, you know, and it's definitely got that sort of, I wouldn't say Roger Moore quality, but there's definitely something about that too. So it's set in the swamps of the Louisiana Bayou, and basically we see – couple of men being hunted down by, of course, these crazy mercenary-looking guys with uh, costumes. There's a ninja costume on one, another one. But what's great about it too is it sort of has that feel of the start of Hard Target. Um, so you can kind of tell what I'm talking about there too. From here, of course, we have Captain Matt Hunter, played by Dudikoff, who's um, basically part and parcel of basically a, um, a retired has basically retired to his family's cattle ranch. So we get to see basically him a little bit like a cowboy, if you like, you know, and it's a, an interesting setting for Dudikoff, definitely something different. Um, and, of course, from here we get to see his family and stuff like that too. They go to New Orleans where he meets um, his old military buddy who's now a politician, uh, Larry Richards, of course, played by Steve James. Now, we're going to talk about Steve in a sec, the late, great Steve James, um, but, in this, it's great to see these two reunited. I mean, they, of course, they worked on American Ninja 1 and 2 together. Uh, and, of course, you know, there's just a great com camaraderie there. There's something classic about those two. Uh, and we get to see him in a different light in this one too as he's now running for the U.S. Senate in this. So from here, we get to see um, that Larry says there's, you know, different threats against him, against his life. And, of course, uh, basically to tell him don't go and run for the Senate. From here, we get to see them get attacked, uh, and this is in the middle of the Mardi Gras Festival. Again, ties to Hard Target, folks. Or should I say, Hard Target has ties to this. <laughs> you know, we definitely get to see a little bit of that here, and it's, it's interesting too. From here, we get to see, obviously, too, some great action scenes where uh, Matt basically calls in a favour and gets his old boss, Admiral Brown, played by Booth, uh, to basically try and find who is involved in this. And, uh, of course, from here, Dudikoff not only comes into um, looking after, of course, uh, Larry in this, but we get to see him really lay down some different styles of action play. A lot of There's a lot more gunplay in this one too. Now, that's not to say there's not swords in this, and, yes, you're going to see some different swords, but also ninja swords in this as well too, folks. Without getting too much more into it that's pretty much the plot so you get to see him protecting his pal against these mercenaries which really turns into very much a hard target like affair uh and you know that's what i love about it you know and it came out in september 12 1986 directed by sam Furstenberg, written by of course james booth and of course produced by canon which is of course yoram globus and of course manahem Gollum. that's right and uh cinematography done by gideon porath and of course he edited by michael j Duthie. Now, this film is 103 minutes long. James Cameron, see, he made a movie that was shorter than yours. And it's clear and concise too. That's right. 
I want to see that out there if they can, but who knows? Uh, but the great thing about this is exactly that is the the bayou is a great um, you know setting for action movies. It really is. Southern Comfort started it all, folks, and then you got this one, and of course, then John Woo brought it all together with Hard Target. This film is fantastic. Now look look at some of the cast too. So in this we have, of course, Michael Dudikoff, which I think we've talked about enough on this show. Uh, Steve James, we're going to talk about in a sec. Uh, James Booth as Admiral Brown. Obviously, he's been in a lot of films, um, which, of course, have ninjas in them, believe it or not. Bill Wallace as Wade Delaney. We've got John P. Ryan as Professor Elliot Glastonbury. Carl Johnson as Commander Jeb Wallace. Mark Alimo. Ooh, you know who he is, don't you, folks? Yes, you do. <laughs> as Charles Laval. And, of course, Alison Garetti as, um, of course, Sarah Hunter. So let's look at, of course, the late, great Steve James. Now, Steve James turned up in a lot of the action films in the uh, 1980s, uh, which I love, you love. And, you know, let's face it, folks, you know, if he was still around today, he would be pretty much uh, still going with action, I personally think, and maybe even bigger. Uh, he was definitely one of the fittest out there when it came to, um, you know, the the different roles he was doing. And he had a, a lifelong uh, fascination, of course, with things like um, martial arts and stuff like that too. He was an actor, stunt performer, and martial artist, obviously known for the American Ninja and the Delta Force as well, the Exterminator, and, of course, Avenging Force. He grew up in uh, New York City. His father and was a uh, musician, and um, basically he came up in a very talented family, of course, too. What's great about it is, too, of course, he was involved in um, a lot of the the – movies that would come out at the time, things like 1980s, The Exterminator. Uh, but he's also in a lot of TV shows like TJ Hooker, ER, Dukes of Hazard, and others like that too. What was great is he got to show his martial arts side in American Ninja and um, in a number two, and he also did Blood Hunt number three as well. And, of course, being involved in things like the Delta Force, Hero and the Terror, and some of the others that were in that sort of vein from, of course, Canon Films. But... Um, you know, he was obviously, too, a great martial artist, very physical actor, uh, very strong, but he also took the screen, really. I mean, like, when he was on screen, you noticed, you know, he pretty much commanded the scene, and he's he, he, just one of the greats, folks. Let's get to it. Um, and I think for this one, this is probably his best role, was in this one as the politician in this, too, as Larry, which is great. So with that, folks, where does the film sit for me? On the scale, it's a four out of five. Of course, on the Hallenbach scale here on Leela Mullet Podcast. And like I said, you need to get a hold of this edition to really uh, get into what was what was happening on, on the set and what they were really creating here too. So that does it for episode number 206, folks, of course, of the Lethal Mullet Podcast here for, of course, 2022. And we will be back in the new year with much, much more. And, of course, a new channel and everything on that too. So. From us all here, of course, at Leal Mullet Network, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, of course, be sure to check us all out when it comes down to it very, very soon. We'll catch you soon here on the Leal Mullet Podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. 
Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show, our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast, discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville Show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom.